Parks and Rec Advisory Board. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and get this meeting started and call it to order. Uh, and since looks like from Roger said we have a quorum, uh, I'll go ahead and start with the minutes, uh, approving the minutes. Um, if you haven't had a chance to go ahead and review them, I'm sorry, Roger, go ahead. Yeah, I have to read a statement real quick. Mark. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Parks and Recreation Advisory Board meeting. I am Roger Steinbrock. I'll be facilitating this Zoom video uh, portion of this meeting. I am joined here by the Director of Parks and Recreation, Derek Rogers, and then additional Parks and Recreation staff by Zoom. Uh, this meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel. During the meeting, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon found in the lower left-hand side of the Zoom menu. This section is also where you can turn your camera on and off. For purposes of this meeting, please keep your video on during, uh, during the meeting. Uh, also a reminder to please state your name and title each time you speak. And if a vote is necessary, the chair will capture that vote from each of the advisory board members separately by a roll call vote. Uh, with that, I turn it back over to the to Bart Littlejohn, chair of the, the board. Thanks, Roger. Appreciate it. Uh, and uh, as I said before, uh, go ahead and move us on to the minutes, uh, item B. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to go ahead and review the minutes, please take an opportunity to go ahead and do so. And I'll give you a little bit to go ahead and do that. Thank you. Roger Steinbrock, Marketing Supervisor Park. I would mention that the minutes probably look different than they have um, in the past. I found clarification in the way that we do minutes. Uh, we basically go in and put a link or actually timestamp the meeting so that when the discussion starts, people can go directly to that portion of the meeting and pick up the meeting. And then with the votes that are taken, it does list those votes out like you see in the minutes. So there is, it's kind of a change from what we've done in the past. I should have probably Claire, told you guys that. Um, yeah, I did notice. I it that out. Yeah. It, I, I think you guys did a good job of it. It was pretty, I, I found it pretty easy to understand, but thank you for the clar clarification as well. I sorry, I have a question about that, Roger. Does that mean um, that it goes to the time on the record? I don't see that on the uh, online version. I don't see a timestamp. Like if someone wanted to know what public comments people made, um, you said there would be a timestamp that would take you to that point on the video. Is that right? Correct. There should be a timestamp on the minutes. If there is, and I will. I will look at that. There should have been, again, this is a system that's newer for the city. And okay. I know I was kind of late in getting these things together and uh, was uh, working on that. It should be there, but if it's not, I will 
get that done post haste. I didn't look at the Word version. I just looked at the online version. So thank you. This is Marilyn Hull, board member. I would move approval of the minutes. Okay, Bart Little John Chair, uh, Marilyn Hull with the motion to go ahead and approve the minutes. Is there a second out there? Uh, John Nelbandian, board member, I'll second. John Nelbandian with the second. All right, is there any further discussion or any questions regarding the minutes? Seeing as there are none, uh, I'll just go ahead and uh, just take a uh, either uh, just show of hands. Uh, all those in favor of approving the minutes, please say, raise your hand. Any opposed? Seeing none, the minutes are approved. All right. And uh, Roger, uh, do we have any 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 folks uh, for general public comment? Roger Steinbrock, marketing supervisor. I do not believe so. Um, Chris, did you have general public comment? Nope, I'm uh, I'm just here for observation. No comment. Thank you. Just want to make sure. With that, no, we don't. <laughs> okay. All right. I think this and there's might nobody be here at right. in person either. So. All right. This might be a very quick meeting. Um, so, okay, that will move us on to section D, our agenda items. Uh, the first one up is the water tower park improvements and public engagement. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, Roger, would that be you or Derek on that? Oh, you guys are muted. Okay, I know. I, we were talking. Sorry. Um, Mark was going to be on to talk a little bit about the park itself. Um, I was going to be talking about the public engagement. Looks like he's waiting. So let me just admit him. Um, give him a second to get in and we'll. Okay, um, we're on to the agenda item and um, the water tower park. Do you want to kind of give a background on your side of things and then I'll talk about uh, the public engagement portion of what we're going to be doing? Sure. Sorry I'm late, kind of having connection issues. Um, what we've done so far is we've had three public meetings where we've sat down with the neighbors, talked mostly about the water tower uh, placement, which has kind of been settled by the city commission. But then we also started talking about park amenities and things like what surfacing we wanted on concrete, what kind of park lights we wanted, that sort of thing. And from those meetings, it kind of spun into the idea of let's get started on a park redevelopment plan, which is what we had planned to do in the future anyway. Uh, neighborhood would like to get started sooner rather than later. And that'll just be a, mostly a discussion about amenities. Do we want playgrounds? Do we want shelters? Do we want drinking fountain? Where do we want the, the sidewalks to be? 
I think the opportunity we have is that the while the site plan is still being kind of somewhat formalized, we might be able to move sidewalks or or rearrange things a little bit from what the site plan shows. So that's where we're at right now. Thank you, Mark Rogers, Steinbrock Marketing Supervisor. I've been in communication with Porter and Neil uh, and a group from the IAP2 group that we've uh, public engagement that we're working on. We're work I have to do some uh, worksheets in terms of working on the project. I need to meet with Mark, who is out today, um, and kind of get that kind of figured out as to the scope and really what we're trying to do with our public engagement so that we don't go in with the idea um, and come out with something totally different than what we are wanting to get um, and looking at how to engage the public in, in the park development. So those things will be forthcoming uh, in the next couple of days or actually I'm gone the next two days, but later this week I hope to get with Mark and kind of go through some of this Oh, I guess I didn't move the speaker over. Sorry. You might be able to hear me a little bit better now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we will we'll be meeting and kind of going through some of the, the things that we're wanting to get accomplished through this and then uh, the level of participation because the last thing we want to do is to have people think that they will be, you know, taking part in something and then their decision isn't really met or part of the decision. So we, we have some, some things that we need to get worked out on our end and really put the, the pieces of the puzzle together to make sure that everybody understands uh, exactly what this, this project's all about. So um, what I can do is once I get all that plan put together, uh, we can send that out to you folks so that you'll have a copy and kind of see what that plan looks like. This is an initiative uh, that we're kind of doing with all our programs now that uh, we really want to make sure the public is has a, a place at the table and that uh, they have input and can really make a difference into the projects as well to keep everybody informed. Uh, this is I'm sorry, go ahead, Val, uh, Val okay. Renault. This is Val Renault. Um, Roger, is that is that talking about the location of the tower itself? Because I know the neighbors still aren't very happy with that. Is that part of the public engagement? Roger Steinbrock, marketing supervisor. This is just related to the park itself. Uh, the water tower placement, I think it's been decided already. Um, and so we are looking at going, you know, looking at what amenities and, and the, you know, the future of the park itself in terms of what neighbors want and desire in that space. This is Hill board member. Is there still, uh, would be fair to say that there's still some significant objection, despite the fact that you're saying the location, the water tower has been established. Uh, are there people protesting that? Derek Rogers, uh, Parks Recreation Director. 
And when I say drive around the neighborhood, I would say that is still going on. I think there's a change.org uh, campaign. Um, I think that's more of a question for MSO because I'm not quite sure um, how that's going on their side. Mark Hecker, Assistant Director. A uh, little bit of a theme of the meetings, that the three meetings we've had. So I think pretty much the city commission has determined the location of the water tower. It's fair to say not everyone's happy with that, but it seems like maybe the conversation's moved on to, okay, it's going there now. What are the amenities around it for as far as sidewalks, trails, uh, access to the tower for fire, whatnot. So um, I, I don't know that. I feel like the water tower placement's been settled. Uh, this is John Nelbandian, board member. Um, you know, uh, dividing the engagement according to the city departments like MSO and Parks and Rec uh, that make, make sense from the city's perspective. I doubt if it makes any sense from the resident perspective. Um, I think it would be, from a resident perspective, I suspect that if uh, Parks and Rec got together with MSO and had one, uh, you know, had a joint um, effort here, probably make more sense to, to the uh, residents. And, of course, being very clear about what is, what we are seeking um, what we are seeking engagement from the public for and what the constraints are. Roger Steinbrock, marketing supervisor. John, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I actually have engaged with the MSO person that's handling their public engagement and have involved them from our ground floor. And so going forward, you know, there may be pieces uh, that are part of that. That's why I need to talk with Mark and kind of look at what he's looking for and then go back to the table with, with the other folks and look at how we can approach this to make it a, a positive for everybody involved. Uh, yeah, uh, just to piggyback on what John said, part little John chair, um, kind of seems like the ball might have been dropped a little bit on their end. Um, so you might kind of figure out exactly what happened there so that we just don't repeat that for Parks and Rec, so. One thing, uh, Roger Steinbrock, Marketing Supervisor, one thing that we will be doing is looking at the radius of the park, the half mile that we look at for parks uh, to, to basically uh, send an e a postcard or something out to the folks that live in that neighborhood area so we get the whole whole area, not just a little segment. I believe that's what they had done initially when they were talking about the water tower from the MSO perspective. So we're going to widen that out a little bit more because it's not just those neighbors that use the park. We find out that a lot of other people, not only in that neighborhood, but other parts of the city. So our engagement will also look at the broader scope of people using the uses of the park as well. Uh, Val Renault. Hi, hi, Val Renault, board member. Um, I have another question, and I don't know if this is the right time to bring it up, but it, it might be. Um, that wonderful national magazine that we get, the 
parks and recreation featured um, inclusive parks and playgrounds, this issue. And I just wondered um, if inclusivity is part of, you know, what we're asking people to give their opinions on and whether, whether there's some kind of standard, uh, I know the South Park playground was redesigned recently. Is there any standard or guideline that we use for uh, the playgrounds to have, you know, things that are available for kids who use wheelchairs and, you know, other inclusive playground items, if that would maybe feed into this engagement process as well. Mark Hecker, Assistant Director of Parks and Rec. Uh, yeah, every every playground we've redone in recent years, we've been looking at one, surfacing is the biggest issue is how do we, you know, get someone in a wheelchair across the surface. So we've been putting the port in place surfacing in, but we're also looking at uh, accessible play components. So we have certain ones that are accessible from ground base, and then we have ones that are accessible through transfer points. So all designs we've done in the last, I'm going to say, 10 years have looked at accessibility issues. Now there's getting to be some, some newer trends that look at not only accessibility for kids, but if we have um, grandparents bringing kids to a park, how do we kind of interact with the generations there? So that's something that, you know, every new playground we look at is, you know, how do we get there? Where would we park? How do we, you know, interact with the other kids if we're doing that? Or how do we sit and watch if we just want to sit and watch? So, so yeah, I would say we've done a pretty good job recently. You know, there's always, there's always a better level, but that's always something we have in mind when we design playgrounds or parks in general for that matter. Uh, Bart Littlejohn Chair, uh, Parks and Rec. Well, it sounds like you guys have a good handle on it. And you, you guys always know my model, communicate often and communicate often. So <laughs> you can never over communicate on this kind of thing. So, um, and I'm, I'm glad uh, as alluding to what, what John said as well, you're bringing MSO on it because otherwise you guys would have gotten those questions anyway and you probably wouldn't have had the answers that people were looking for. So. Um, Cool. Uh, does anyone else have any questions for Parks and Rec staff regarding the Water Tower Park? All right. And uh, I'm not seeing any. And uh, all right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and move us on to the next uh, agenda item, uh, trail safety uh, improvements. Let me take that one too, or yeah, uh, Mark, go ahead. Sure. Yeah, so we've done a couple of projects. Just we kind of referenced this at the last meeting. Um, we did a fairly extensive drainage project up at the Rock Chalk Park Trail, where we tried to divert any water that we could catch that was coming off that hillside, get it piped under that trail. So that project's been completed. And then we're looking at a couple of other projects. That, there's one at Dad Perry Park where we have a sidewalk that's kind of tilted on us a little bit and is, has some water going across it. So we are working there. We have a couple of projects in next year's CIP on trails. Uh, one's at the Victor Park, one's at the Eisenhower Drive Park, which is up behind the police station. So we're continually working on, you know, trying to keep the trails as safe as we possibly can. Um, you know, as, as we start to know about issues, we try to address them when possible. 
if you have any questions, I'd be willing to see what you have. Uh, John Abandian, board member, what about uh, the bike trail at um, the bike trail at, on Louisiana Street in Baker Wetlands? You know, the that one that goes way down and yeah. floods. And, and then also, can you bring us update, updated on uh, the latest link uh, that you're doing on the bike trail near, near uh, what is it, Hobbs Park? Yeah, let me start with that one. So that, that trail link from 11th to 8th, that one's, I would say, probably 80% complete. So if you haven't been by there recently, it's pretty well taken. They, they just have a few connections. Uh, then they'll be moving down to the 29th Street section, which is kind of a section everybody's forgotten about, but that, that hooks that little small piece along 29th Street that would hook the two pieces together. Okay. Oh, uh, the one at uh, Louisiana Street is actually county-maintained, so we have talked to them a little bit about solutions there. The problem is there's a pretty significant drainage issue there that drains a lot of the city to be honest with you so when that water's up it's probably just going to go over the trail but i don't know that they have any great solutions on that one other than closing it when it's high water well uh john albandian again i think we talked about this last time what would really be helpful if we had if it was going to be closed if they could put up a sign <laughs> not as not not real close to it, but you know where you start, <laughs> where you start on Iowa Street or something, uh, so that or you know at the at uh, what is that street that you start? Well, wherever you're going to start, you know, on the trail, uh, it doesn't do much good to ride all the way to Louisiana Street only to find that you can't cross. I Mark, hope that makes sense. Mark Hecker, assistant director. It, it's been kind of interesting as we closed the trail. So we did this at Rock Chalk Park. We had people complain that they, they drove it all the way down the hill on Queens Road to get on the trail and then it's closed. So we ended up putting a, a closed sign clear at the top of the hill. So it's kind of a matter of where do you where do you sign? You know, everyone has in mind where they're playing to drive, ride their bike or, or walk. So it's uh, it's an interesting dilemma. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> Eric Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Uh, the county has at Haskell and the trail as you start at the Baker Wetlands heading west. They've signed their board. That's the first. The water's not too bad if you cross there and go through it. The one in Louisiana and, and Baker Wetlands is bad. And so those have been signed before by the county. Um, I just wrote them actually this evening. I was surprised. Louisiana was still within its banks way down and didn't even flood over uh, the trail after last night's rains. Um, and I will throw out just a general warning, warning for those that bike ride this time of year. It, a few times that I've wiped out on the trail, it's usually been because of wet leaves. Um, we try to do what we can to, to keep the debris off, but we're going into the fall and wet leaves take out a lot of people. Derek Rogers Parks Lake. I think that's a lot of that dates. We, we do quite a bit 
all the time on on trails maintenance and trying to keep them safe. Um, it will always be a cat and mouse game for for every city, uh, but we try to stay on top of it. Okay. Um, uh, does anyone else have a, any questions regarding parks and rec regarding the trail safety? Roger Stein, Rock Marketing Supervisor. Bart, I would point out that in the uh, report, the staff report, there was a picture of the Rock Chalk Trail and what they did behind that. So you can look at that as well and see what improvements were done. Thank you, Roger. I appreciate that. As you can see, I have a little visitor. So, um, but uh, all right. I'm not I saying it on any... Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Double appearance. Yeah. Uh huh, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, okay. Uh, if there's no more, I'll go ahead and move us on to the next item, which is pretty cool. Uh, it was La Yarda. Uh, that uh, discussion, I had an opportunity to go ahead and see that uh, short film that was premiered, uh, I believe, either last week or the weekend before. And saw Amber there and uh, they did a great job, and uh, I was hoping that we'd have a little bit of an update on uh, what's going on with that. And Derek, Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Uh, uh, Nora had contacted us, Nora Murphy, um, some time ago, and um, I haven't heard back from the railroad from the information she had. Uh, we could lease the ground for $4,500 a month. Um, at the current time, parks and recreation doesn't see a need. Now, at the uh, BNSF Railroad, would like to donate the land to the city. We'd entertain that. We just haven't had time to follow up with the real estate office and uh, pursue that any further. I, I do think at some point that would be an excellent addition to the city as a park and um, would be a benefit to the community and celebration of uh, the culture that grew up there. Yeah, this is uh, Bart Little John Parks and Rec. I, it's, I just always thought it was a shame that we couldn't have, you know, also included it in the discussion when we were talking about the depot. I mean, since it's so close to each other, that uh, that would have been nice. But you know, I think we all know how how uh, how long conversations with the railroad can be sometimes. So, does anybody uh, have any questions? Oh. Marilyn, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, get, I guess my question is, and maybe this is a question of the other advisory board members as well as staff is, um, is this a priority for us to, um, to get a land donation? It seems like um, there's a lot of interest in the community from what I've heard and some discussions about how people might be able to connect to Yarda from the loop. Um, and I, I guess I just want to get a sense of whether this is something that we're going to actively pursue or not. Bart Little John, Chair of Parks and Rec. That's a great question, Marilyn. Um, what, uh, what do you guys think? 
I mean, I, I think it would be a fantastic idea. I think it would be something that is part of our history that most of us haven't been taught. And I really hope that we can find a way. I, I know everyone's really busy, but you know, how as our board can we help you, Derek? Or how can we keep this at the forefront that we push to try to start begin working with the railroad on this? And again, if it connects to the, the trail, all the better. Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. I was uh, looking at something the other day from uh, somebody else, and one of their uh, ideas was, you know, could the board have a subcommittee and take that on as a as a task? And sometimes it, it seems like we get so busy in the day and we fall behind, and I'm still going to have a busy night. Um, hopefully, Mike, or Mark uh, can enjoy his time off. He's uh, had a busy weekend. But I think that would be an excellent um, project that if we could support in any way, I think would help to have advisory board uh, assistance. I think it ties to our strategic um, plan in a lot of ways. So I think there's a lot of synergy there. Um, $54,000 a year in a lease, I don't think makes a lot of sense, but if the railroad would be willing to donate the land to the city, I think uh, we'd be willing to say, sure, um, we can figure out a way to make this work. Maryland Hall board member Derek, do those requests uh, to the railroad not have to come from official city staff? Derek Rogers, Parks and Recreation, I, that I don't know. Um, for example, Nora reached out to um, BNSF on her own and got the lease agreement put out. Uh, in her communication to me, I communicated with the agency that handles BNSF real estate located in Fort Worth, Texas. They'd be willing to lease the property of the city, the minimum annual rate that says $4,500, $600 application fee. The representative states that regarding the homeless trash decided to discuss internally and advise. So I, I think if the initial conversations could come from, I think, the advisory board. And then based on that, um, that would give the city some direction and see what we can go from there. And we, we have a hard time with the railroads, just even, yeah, for example, we have complaints as you go on the North Lawrence and under the, the bridge, just trying to get the railroad to trim the uh, volunteer trees growing up by the railroad tracks. We've contacted them and um, they're not the fastest um, entity. Not that we're much faster in the city, but they, they're slower than we are. Uh, Val, Val Renew. Yeah, just a point of clarification. Is that the same general area uh, where we tried to get land from the railroad for the loop? Or is that a slightly different part of, I know it's all in over there kind of near Allen Press, is, is that right? Uh, Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. It's, on, it's over by the, uh, the, the wastewater plant on the, north side of the tracks so it's it's remote i don't think mark can correct me but i don't think that piece was something we were looking for um i think it'd just kind of be a unique piece uh, it's over by the storage container um lot if i remember right that mso uses okay sorry sorry yeah sorry i didn't make it to the film to 
see where it is. But I, I think it would be a really neat project, and I'd be glad to be on a subcommittee. All right. Thank you, Val Bar Bartlittle, John Parks and Rec Chair. Thank you for getting that jump started. I was about to put that out there. So seems like there's some interest in it um, in forming a subcommittee. And I think, Roger, what we previously previously done is like have three of the board members and then a Parks and Rec staff. Is that correct? In you Roger Stein, Rock Working Supervisor, that's what we've tried to do, but it doesn't have to be that way. It can be one or two. Uh, board members if they so choose. All right. Uh, I think uh, we have Val Renault who's, who's volunteered. Uh, do we have any other volunteers to be a part of that subcommittee? Marilyn Hall. Um, do we have an... Oh, Jackie Becker. All right. Good to go. That's the big one. And Parks Parkson Mark, do you have a staff member? We can talk about it tomorrow, or would you like to be involved? Or okay, I think that <laughs> volunteer not told. Mark, Mark gives the non-verbal thumbs up. Okay, I guess he's in. All right, thank you, Mark. All right, thank you, guys. Um, great. I mean, that's good news. So we'll go ahead and keep this discussion going. Um. All right. Uh, looks like there's no other stuff on your La Yarda right now. Uh, move us on to item number E, concerns of the board or items of interest. Do we have any out there? Uh, John Blazik. Thanks, Bart. This is John Blazik, an advisory board member. Uh, I just want to make sure the committee, and, and this is documented, um, we had a discussion last month about the, that soccer complex and the turf. Um, I was pretty adamant. I still am adamant for this community for that project, but I want to make sure uh, people understand I am not a fan of how fast people are wanting to get it done. This is, uh, I got an email to go speak at the commission last week and I wasn't available then I got another pretty aggressive email from the company, from the people, um, because I don't feel all the I's have been dotted and the T's have been crossed. And when I was asked to be on this committee, I will look for the community members and our tax money. I think it's a great project. It might be nine months to a year down, but I really struggle uh, supporting it from a financial piece because, I mean, are there, are there opt-outs, the money? You know, I've said this numerous times out of my six years. I think Mark Hecker does a great job with this budget. I've watched five-year budgets now for six years, and they evolve each year based upon money. Out of the out of the blue, where are you going to get the 1.4 or 3 they're wanting? Um, so I just want to make sure it's very clear that I am a fan of it, but I want to make sure we, you know, we have two really great people with Derek and Mark handling the money and the dynamics of when it's affordable when they feel comfortable within the budget. I, I felt I was backed into a corner this, and I don't know when the meeting was, last week um, with an email to go support it publicly. I've been in school business too long that when we're going to start talking money and taxes, things don't happen within a month. I mean, it's if you're going to get money, um, it's going to take year, you know, some time to get everything in, in order for 
the rec people to feel comfortable, the city commission to feel comfortable. So I am supportive of it. I think it'd be good for the community once they feel comfortable with the people that are in those positions. So uh, I don't know if anybody else got letters or emails to go talk. Bart, I just wanted this out on the table and documented um, on my feelings where we're at. And I felt a little awkward last week. Uh, Bart Little John, Chair, Parts and Rec. Uh, thank you for that, John. Yeah, it's uh, the, uh, I believe, I, I, I think that was the sentiment, was the timetable of it. It's, it. I think it's probably good for it to have a little bit further discussion to kind of figure it, like, as you said, dot all the I's and cross all the T's before we go ahead and move forward with it. Uh, I'm not certain on any anyone else's, uh, uh, you know, perspective on that, but uh, I definitely know that uh, there was some of that sentiment out there. So I, I don't believe you were alone. So, um, but, uh, but that's, you know, also why I got uh, kicked up to the commission. Um, uh, this is a very important thing. Um, I think it could do a lot of good for the community, like you said before, but we just need to make sure we do it right. And we make, need to make sure that, you know, it's the best for everyone out there. So, um, this John, is John, John Bart, this is. Board, board member. Um, I thought I thought the city commission at their last meeting uh, endorsed endorsed the uh, the project. What did they endorse? I mean, just say what did they say? Yeah, we're in favor of it, or is it something more detailed than that? I thought there was something about the financing in there with the. Eric Rodgers, Director of uh, Parks and Recreation. What the first step was, would they recommend um, amending the current CIP to add this project in if the revenues would cover the debt financing? So that was the first step to even see if they were interested in amending the, the five-year approved CIP plan. Um, Mark, correct me if I'm missing anything or I left some details out. I think that is the layman's understanding of what we got. It's pretty clear that they are supportive. I heard budget neutral a couple of times from a couple of different commissioners. Um, but like us, yeah, I, I think in the long run we'll have turf or in the short term we can have turf with a phased approach. Mark Hecker, assistant director. Yeah, Derek, that's correct. We had to make that first step. In other words, did the city commission want to add it to the CIP? because we don't move unless they say yes on that. So we basically got the head nod there. And then the next steps becomes, how do we finance a $1.4 million project and how do we construct a $1.4 million project? So those will all take time where it'll involve, you know, getting finance involved, getting uh, the city attorneys involved in contract negotiations. So it, it, I kind of agree with John. I don't think that's something we're going to turn in a month, but that'll be our next steps moving forward with this project. Bart, John Blazik, board member. Thank you, Mark and Derek. I appreciate your input. Um, I think you do a very good job researching. And I think, you know, as, as an advisory board people, some of us been together one year, some of us been together long year, a few years. One thing I really enjoy on these meetings, we have quite a cross section of people on this committee. I find listening to John very interesting being an ex, you know, commissioner and mayor and, and, and Bart want to be one of those positions. I just find our committee very fun 
uh, with our interest. I think we listen well. We're a good advisory board. And, and that's what we are because we have people in paid positions. You know, if we are yay or nay, and then they run with it from there. So I find this board really interesting with cross sections because some things I don't even have a clue about. But some things I'm really tuned into, Bart. So you're a, you're a good man to lead us, Bart, and this is a good committee. Well, thank you for that, John. I, I'll try not to let it all go to my head, but I, can, I can't promise you that. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you, John Albanian as well. Um, but uh, good deal. Um, does anybody else have any uh, questions or item, items of interest for the board? Oh, I'm sorry, Jackie. Uh, Jackie Becker. Uh, I just wanted to get, uh, Brandy, since I see that you're on, an update on where we were at with uh, talking with the Master Swing program at the pool. Brandy Shoemaker, Recreation Operations Manager. Hi, Jackie. Wanted to let you know that uh, we did meet with the Master Swim team, Lori Mattis and myself. Uh, we worked to address any of their last uh, minute questions that were from the last advisory board meeting, as well as any other concerns that had come up in the meantime. We had a very productive meeting. And where we stand at right now is that Lori and her staff are evaluating options to address Master's concern on setup at the outdoor pool. So Lori and her staff are looking at options there. Then we'll follow back up with masters and uh, see if we can reach an amicable uh, compromise with regards to that. Thanks. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Thank you for that, Brandy. And uh, do we have any more items of interest out there? I'm not seeing any. Okay, I'll go ahead and move us on. Uh, looks like uh, looks like we're at F and the staff updates. I think uh, they, there should have been a link sent out with that, right, Roger? And so people can go ahead and view that if they have any questions. Uh, you, does anyone have any questions about that or any additional comments regarding? Roger Steinbrock, Marketing Supervisor. I'm going to show you Val uh, too, real quick on this agenda. This is for tonight's agenda down here where the minutes and the PDF, that's what you probably looked at. The HTML version has the, the site over here. Well, I guess you probably can't see it. Over here on the side, there's these little cameras, and that will take you to the video, to the portion of the meeting of where they, they are located, okay? So that's a real quick version of that. I don't see it. Uh, this is Val Renaud, board member. I just wanted to congratulate the um, I know the people who work with special populations seem to be really creative and, and dedicated. And I noticed that they're offering transportation help to some of their you know, clients now. And that's, I'm just, I'm really proud of the department for stepping up and meeting those needs because they're, they're pretty major for a lot of people in that you know, population. So thanks. 
Derek Rogers, Director of Parks Recreation. I'll pass that on to Annette Dagan, um, Special Pop Supervisor. They do a wonderful job. All right. Uh, this um, is John Nalbandian. I just want to share a little anecdote. Um, I was uh, working with some, uh, I think working with some uh, city managers and we were talking about uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. And they said, uh, we need to add a letter to DEI and that letter needs to be A, D-E-I-A and A stands for accessibility. So accessibility is not a separate, you know, there's DEI and then there's accessibility that it's all combined, inclusion. Thank you for that, John. I know that's something we've bandied about as well. So, um, which kind of actually leads me into my next thing, because it sounds like we're kind of tailing up on the uh, staff update. Uh, Derek, are you going to give, is that what follow-up items is? Uh, is your update, the director update? I think the follow Derek Rogers, Director of Parks Recreation, I think the follow-up items comes from uh, the advisor board. If there's things that you want us to look into or follow up on or from your public comment. Um, Roger Steinbrock, Marketing Supervisor. Jackie had mentioned the first item that was on the follow-up. The second one was the key card. Uh, Brandy okay. was going to provide an update to that as well. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, cool. Uh, go ahead and do that. But at the tail end, I want to make sure that uh, as John said, that we keep uh, the DE, DEIA uh, subcommittee and our, our uh, you know, rough draft of that in the forefront in our four minds, uh, you know, make sure that we're still paying attention to that. So, uh, but I, I want to go ahead and mention that afterwards, but let's just go ahead and move on to, uh, I believe, Brandy. Thank you, Bart. Uh, Brandy Shoemaker, Recreation Operations Manager. With regard to the access card, uh, they have been implemented at all of the recreation center facilities. So far, that seems to be going well. We're having a good response from the public in scanning in with their cards when they're not coming in for facility reservations or for programs. We are also working to get uh, both youth as well as the homeless and other individuals within the community set up with the access cards for those who do not have them already. Are there any questions at this time? What, uh, I'm just kind of curious, uh, what kind of, uh, if your guys are able to track that as well, what kind of traffic have you seen, like just in relation to the last six months, you know, with the ebb and flow of opening and not opening and closing and whatnot with uh, COVID? Brandy Shoemaker, Recreation Operations Manager. Um, as we are opening back up, uh, we see that there are a lot of community residents who are in need of the services that Parks and Recreation provides. And so we're seeing a lot of uh, the members of the community wanna get out and want to be involved. And so uh, our weight rooms, you know, and cardio rooms, you know, are uh, getting filled back up with individuals in the community who are wanting to come in and to utilize those amenities, as well as the ever popular walking track out at uh, Sports Pavilion Lawrence. And then as we continue to open with regards to other classes um, and eventually to our adult and youth sports leagues, uh, hopefully with basketball and soccer coming soon, we are getting a, a 
positive response in seeing those leagues resume their play and the benefits that those impacts will have upon those participants as well. Brandy, uh, John Nelbandian, uh, board member. I'm curious, uh, when I go into a Holcomb uh, for my classes, I, I uh, you know, uh, register my FOB and when I go in, um, how do you distinguish between people who are using their, their FOB their, uh, w when they have a class versus the general public who is, you know, using it non-class? Hi, John. Brandy, Parks and Recreation Manager. Um, essentially, we would be able to pull class rosters to be able to compare names um, in order to be able to determine who's coming in for class purposes, um, as well as to compare for who's coming in for, you know, just to be able to use our weight and cardio areas. At Holcomb specifically, um, with it being one of the smaller recreation facilities, our staff have a really good idea of which patrons are coming in to use uh, which services in the facility, so that makes a difference. Sports Pavilion would be a little bit more of a challenge with that, um, especially when you're looking at, you know, the, the larger operation out there. Um, but for tracking purposes, we would just do a comparison on that household with regard to the times they're coming in and the classes that they would be participating in. This is Marilyn Hull, board member. I'm curious, and just in general, how are things going COVID-wise? And you know, what what color are we on right now? Green, yellow, or red? And and what is and is not taking place? And Derek Rogers, director for Parks and Recreation. Uh, I was waiting for an opportune time to kind of go over some things going on in the department. Things we're going to see uh, later this week uh, in messaging. You know, the COVID response, the great news, if you're tracking Lawrence uh, Douglas County Public Health um, information that they keep putting out, our 14-day positivity, positivity rate continues to go down. We would be in the green. We are in the green, according to LDCPH, Lawrence Douglas County Public Health. The active cases today, I believe, were around 490, and our positivity rate about 23.67. It's been down about a week and a half. So with the COVID and looking at what's going on, our response has been dynamic. We tailor our response to the conditions. So as conditions get better, then the community may see us take a more relaxed stance on mask wear for the public. The city is going to maintain what, what our current uh, mask requirements is, which is 100%. Douglas County has mandated for uh, children 2 through 11 mandatory mask wear. There are some things that won't change, but you will see some changes coming up this week. And if the numbers go the other way at the same time, you'll start to see more restrictions come back. Uh, what we're trying to do is be consistent with our community, the school district, what's going on here and what's going on in the area so that we can be still competitive, be in a safe environment, provide opportunity for a father and daughter to go play basketball and be dropping again. I think that is something at the space we're at, we can do that. Um, obviously, the recommendation will still be in there, a mask wear, and people don't have to, uh, they say, well, I may not need to wear a mask if I'm actively playing a sport inside a facility. 
but they still can wear it if they like or on a treadmill. So we're working through this. I think we have a good plan looking at some of the best practices from other communities that are fair and consistent. We're working with our risk manager and also looking at uh, what other agencies are doing, whether it be the school district, the university and others. So we'll see a change and I really hope we can keep a rate down. John? Uh, yeah, dear John Nalvandian, board member. You know, Derek, um, it, as, as the restrictions uh, are modified or as they are increased, uh, I think it might be useful and interesting, informative for the public. Like if 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 on the on the signs that we have, masks are required, blah blah blah. It would be helpful if there was a little like um, um, infections are down this 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 week. They're down to you know fourteen day average is down. No mask required or 14 day average is up, mass required for the next week. So that, you know, so that people could put, really make the connection between uh, the numbers and uh, the result. Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. I, I think communication and that is key um, in the admin building. We monitor that three times a week. The data comes in and every week we're looking at what's the trend doing? Where's it going? Uh, how's that gonna impact us? Am I starting to worry, are we getting too high? I'm gonna have closed facilities or are we going the other way? And you know, I can open things up again. The information sharing is gonna be key. I was talking with uh, one of our rec supervisors that does um, youth sports. So if you look at the age that kids play basketball, uh, take the Hoopsters program, you have kids that range from you know, 11 and 12 years old, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. How do you distinguish between the kids that are 10 and 11 that are required by Douglas County mandate to wear a mask in a facility? Now you've got the other group of kids when somebody's say walking in the track, looking down and going, how come that group over there isn't wearing the mask on the basketball court and that group is? And so we were talking signage and how do you communicate that they're in that transitional age where that 12 and 13 year old um, hopefully have their chance to get a vaccination and enter in that safe zone. Uh, whereas the uh, two through 11, you know, don't have that option. So, but I, I think communication with the public is key. And that's what we're trying to get ahead of this week and get our message out to the community. Good deal. Um, uh, Bart Littlejohn, Chair, Parks and Rec Advisory Board. Uh, and I think that is twofold because I definitely know in other circles that I've been in, I, I try to extol the virtues of Parks and Rec because I, I think you guys do a lot of stuff uh, uh, undercover that people don't really know about, don't get a lot of credit for. Um, so I, I want to make sure that uh, um, that we're, we're going ahead and spread the word, not only Parks and Rec, but, you know, other departments of the city as well, MSO, um, you know, and, you know, planning, you know, it's, I know that everybody for the city works hard and that they, they're, they're trying their best. So, um, but that you guys, especially with the uh, stuff that's been handed to you in the last 16 to 18 months have uh, gone above and beyond. So um, I, I, I really, yeah, communication is key.
Uh, does anybody else have any? Uh, Roger, was there any uh, anything else on the follow up items that we had? Roger, Cyberart Marketing Supervisor. That was it, Mark. Actually, I've got Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Um, I'm going to hit on, on a few things you may have seen at the Lawrence Times. One of them was the BB Airsoft. We, we changed our rules. Uh, it hadn't been a problem, but I think we addressed that uh, correctly. Yet we still have opportunities if we get a special permit or a uh, ROTC out of Clinton Lake needs to do something. We, we've got a way to do that. Here's the trivia question for the night. Um, okay. We haven't quite got the Santa Fe water fountain right yet, but we will get it right. I'm going to bring this up. What year was the Santa Fe water fountain installed? We solved the mystery. And so you're probably not going to know. It was 1910. Who installed it? Utilities department, the water department put that fountain in. And so I don't know who they contracted with, but it that's the history of the water fountain. I, uh, somebody uh, that was working with uh, Richard uh, Kirschbaum um, had found that in the Kansas Historical Society. So a uh, little bit of a history buff about that and around Santa Fe. And I thought that was really cool. So we're continuing to work on that. We'll get it right. Is that the big fountain in front of the depot? The Santa Fe Amtrak Depot. Okay. Over by Kennedy Glass and that area. Right. So I don't. I'm. No, I don't know what we're talking about, especially. But I know. I know where that depot is. You got to go by and take a look at it because everybody's got an opinion. I guarantee it. <laughs> uh, well, it's kind of neat. It, we're ending our fountain season, but uh, we've got some things that are going to be kind of neat that we're going to do over there until we can figure this out to the best possible solution. Uh, Amber Nickel board member. So that brings me to something that I wanted to follow up on. Um, when I first joined the board, there was talk about a potential tour and kind of going through with some staff members and pointing out inter, you know, points of interest and things like that. So I didn't know if that was something that could be put on for a plan at some point, but I would love to, first of all, I'd love to be in the same space as my board members for a change. <laughs> never, never met in person. So, um, but also just pointing out some of these things that I'm unaware of. Wait, we didn't get you a tour of anything, Amber? Nope. Like, you or Brendan? Nope, not yet. Oh, man. We got to get that. I'll uh, work to arrange that with you guys, Amber. Thank you. One other note, Bart, on our website, um, the color currently, or Derek had said it's green, is the city color with the, the COVID numbers. Uh, ours is yellow. Uh, I've moved it back from green because staff had asked me to put it at yellow because of the mask mandate that we have as a city. And in green, that's when the masks are removed. So in terms of if you go to the website, it does say that it's currently yellow. I just wanted to clarify that and why it's yellow. Gotcha. Understood. All right. Um, I don't think there's any 
more follow-up items. Does anybody else have any follow-up items? All right. And uh, good. All right. Well, not good, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Uh, all right. Our next meeting is Monday, November 8th. And uh, uh, I just want to say, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. I've got to adjourn this. Uh, Pat Phillips couldn't make it today, but hopefully we'll have her for the next meeting. Um, uh, and I would, oh, sorry, go ahead. Are you were going to mention, brought to Steinbrock Market Supervisor, you wanted to mention something about inclusion, I believe. Yes. That you had wanted to talk about before. I thought you were going to ask for an adjournment. I just want to make sure you got what you needed out. Oh, no, no. Good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to be very quick with it. But uh, yeah, it was just regarding the subcommittee. Uh, for DEIA, and I know that Penny was helping us with that subcommittee, and Penny has since gone on to uh, Leavenworth to, to you know, uh, for a bigger gig, um, um, which is great, but uh, it kind of leaves us without a liaison for the, the subcommittee, so I was just hoping that uh, we could make sure that we still have somebody to help us with direction and make sure we're, like, you know, progressing on that, because I think it's very important. Good point. We will get that arranged. All righty. Good deal. Um, all right. That's all I had. And at this moment, I would entertain a motion to adjourn unless anyone else has anything. I would just say last bit. Um, happy birthday to the best lifeguard in Lawrence Parks and Rec. Yes. <laughs> Whoa, how do we go all meeting with that? Thank you, Amber. Should, should we sing happy birthday to truly embarrassed Maryland? <laughs> I'm all I'm down for it if you want to do it. Okay. Uh, no, you do not have to embarrass me. And also this I wanted to point out that I really don't have a life, which is why I'm at this meeting, despite the fact that it's my birthday. <laughs> but actually I've been celebrated more than once. So thanks, everybody. Happy birthday, Marilyn. That's, that's Happy birthday. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Amber, if since I, I do have you on the horn, would you like to throw out a... Okay. Uh, Amber. A motion to adjourn. All right. There's a motion out there. Is there a second? John now banning with the second to adjourn. Uh, I'm assuming and hoping there are no questions or additional information. And uh, we'll just do the uh, hand vote again. All those in favor of adjournment, please raise your hand. Any opposed? Good, because I would have had to kick you out. All right. Um, all right, we're adjourned. Thank you guys for showing up and uh, talking. I appreciate you. Appreciate all of you. Thank you. Thank you, Bart. Thank you, everyone. Happy Thank birthday, you. Marilyn. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday.